This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Morning, you're listening to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, this is our Easter show, and uh, this can be uh, a tough time for people. It's kind of interesting for us because uh, Scott was killed on uh, Easter, and but actually Easter isn't on the second this year, so a little different. Yes, it is. It is interesting, and it's, it is an odd day for us because he he the birth, the death certificate said one minute before Easter, but we always wondered if that was indeed true because we've heard a, from a lot of people that the police and the fire department, God bless them, if it's close to a holiday, they will kind of back back it up a few minutes so that it doesn't actually fall on the, the holiday. Yeah. So yeah. So and like you said, it wasn't the he was he died well. In, on uh, April 2nd, so it's a different day this year, but Easter does remind me of, of him in, in certain ways dying. Yeah, I'd like to uh, get right into the show today because we're going to be talking about some of the challenges of a holiday, and I think that's going to be really important, to, and we've got such a great guest today, so, Heidi, so why don't you introduce him? Okay, I am going to introduce him, and I'm so worried I'm going to ruin his name because he has a wonderful name. Okay, I'm going to say it first the way that we say it in the States, which is Patrick Green, but it's actually, is it Padraig? Padraig, That's is right. it Padraig? Padraig That's Green, right. okay, so, yes, Padraig Green is, has been a priest for 35 years. He went to graduate school at Fordham University right here in New York City, and he studied family life ministry. For the past 25 years, he's been working in family ministry both in Ireland and in Northern California especially with hurting families, and he's developed a grief ministry. Welcome to the show, Padraig. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you on the show today, and, and what great work you're doing. You, uh, One of our board members, Beverly McManus, who we dearly love, uh, she's devoted to you and to the work you're doing in Pleasant, Pleasanton. Is that where you uh, she is Cal- such, Yeah, Pleasanton, yeah. She's such a blessing on our team. She's an Easter woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, an Easter woman. Yeah, she uh, lost her husband a few years ago, and a uh, young widow, and she's uh, doing some great work. Well, t- tell us about the work that you are doing with Beverly. Yeah, we have a, a like-to-like grief ministry here for the last 12 years in our community, and uh, we also have it for divorced and separated people, for those who uh, have had losses through illness, but the one that Beverly is involved in is the loss through death, and uh, we gather weekly and we create a safe environment for hurting people to come and begin their journey uh, towards a greater Easter spirit within them. But in order to get to Easter, they have to go through the Good Friday of loss, the Good Friday of grief, the Good Friday of mourning. But Easter always follows Good Friday. So we empower people, we support people, and on the team are survivors, just like Bev who've done their work, who've experienced a little of Easter again in their heart after the loss of their loved ones, and now they want to be there for others. Now, for me, if I'm not a spiritual person, I don't exactly understand what you just said. Uh, at the uh, we, we have to go through it. Easter is the resurrection, right? Yes, but it's also a symbol of new life. And people who do their grief work, 
uh, people who really, we only grieve over those we love. And so to, we're very much in the dark when a loved one dies. And if you want to say we can move through the light once we work through the pain of loss and the myriad of feelings and emotions that are part of that loss, you know. Uh, I think a very, a very important spiritual component of all our lives is embracing the gift of life. And that life is very much fractured when a loved one dies. So it's working through that pain of loss to embrace life again. We don't even and, have to use the word Easter. Padraig, how do we do that? For people that are out there that don't know how to do that and that are in a really bad place right now, how do we work through the grief? Is it to tell our story? I think it's first of all to admit we hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that first step is to say, I hurt, I'm in pain, I'm not fully able, I'm disabled, I'm not fully at ease, I'm diseased because of the loss of my spouse, my child, my parent. And so I lean into the pain. I want to grieve this person. I really want to continue to love this person, but it's so painful at the moment. I feel that great sense of loss, or I maybe even have that feeling of being lost. And so what's, what's, what's necessary is to find a sacred space, a safe place for me to express my feelings. Mm, I like that. Now, if I'm out there and I don't know a sacred space... How do I find it? And what if I haven't been to church for a long, long time since I was a child? And what do I do? Well, you know, there's 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 churches that have uh, these uh, groups, but there's a lot of very good groups, even in community. The hospices have wonderful grief grief groups. You know, it's to just check in with the local newspaper and see what is available locally. But uh, we here, for example, have a, uh, a hospice, and they have support groups as well as us. We do. There's some self-help groups, like the Stevens Ministry. Um, but what I find is that it's very helpful to have it within the context of the community. And so we welcome people, whether they're Catholic or not. All you need to come to our group is a broken heart and a crushed spirit. Mm. It's a safe place where you can trust people. It's people who have been trained and where they're supervised. And they have worked through their pain. And in fact, they're a great ray of sunshine to people. There's life after. And you're in Ple- Pleasanton, California. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So if That's people are near San Jose. Right. So if people are around there. Now, what if I, uh, are there people who feel like that God has left them or want to reconnect with God? Do you find that? Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's spiritual questions, there's religious questions, but there's also philosophical questions. What is it all about? You know that? Whether you love somebody, you give your word to somebody and it's a wonderful relationship, a wonderful love story, and then cancer comes or an accident comes. Many, many, many religious people find the, uh, themselves abandoned by God, even though I believe that that is, that, that is an experience of loss. But myself, I believe that Jesus, God, is with me in the hurt, in the loss, and even Jesus hanging on the cross on Good Friday, he wasn't saying, I'm hanging here, I'm happy to be here. What was he saying? He went straight to the, the, the Jewish scriptures. He said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where religious communities come in, that they help people to, to enflesh God and the experience. Because I believe God hurts when I hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how do I deal with it? If I'm sitting here right now and I'm saying, okay, 
okay, I'm I'm willing to open up. Uh, I'm hearing what Padraig uh, is saying. How do I start? I mean, what if I can't even think about going out yet? Is there something I can read, or is that, can I pray, or how do I pray? Uh, how can I pray as I sit in the pain? See, we sometimes we think of prayer as saying words, and and uh, and it all depends on the face of our higher power. For me, it's sitting in the presence of the God who loves me, created me, redeemed me, and who's on my side, and who hurts when I hurt. So I don't have to say a word to him. He knows, she knows, in the experience of my life, that my heart is broken. And the older I get, I find that the prayer for me is just being sitting, being, as the Buddhists would say, mindful, in a mindful state of the pain, sitting in the pain. Because the other side of that pain is love. I loved somebody. Hence, I'm hurt. But just because one person's heart stopped beating doesn't mean another heart. Mm. So it's not in a doing then. I don't really have to do anything, do I? Oh, yeah. First of all, you have to acknowledge that pain. But for for to really grieve, then I have to do it. I think it was Freud that said, I have to. Grief work must be done, and it is truly work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Walking through the pain of the loss of a loved one, but it's wonderful when when we do it in an environment that is safe, mm-hmm. where people can be trusted, and where nobody is going to tell me how to feel or how I should do this or that. Just who welcomes me as I am. So Heidi, trying to find safe people. We've talked about that before, haven't we? Absolutely, and sometimes you don't know they're safe until you start talking to them. I mean, safe people can be amazing and supportive, and, and a, a lot. I like the idea of a group because a lot of safe people are people that have been there. You know, it's really yeah. easy to judge how to grieve and when to grieve and how long it takes if you've never lost someone very close to you. And once you've, once you've done that, I think that you kind of do not have as much judgment because you realize that often it takes longer than you could have ever imagined, and it hurts more than you would have ever imagined. And there are groups out there, you know, like Compassionate Friends. You can go on the Compassionate Friends website, compassionatefriends.org, and you can also go, um, Michelle Neff Hernandez does uh, Soaring Spirits, and you can go on her site if you had a spouse loss, and uh, the Internet's just filled, and, of course, our site, the Open Hope site for all sorts of loss, and ADAC, right, Heidi Association of Death Educators, uh, have counselors, so they're... The Internet has uh, really made quite an amazing impact. But, um, Padraig, I do feel like um, we can get too isolated in our grief, too, with the Internet. Yes. I think that that is one of the great dangers of grief in general. I don't want to pull over the curtains this morning. I just want to stay inside. I want to disconnect. I don't feel good in the shopping mall. I don't feel, I don't feel good anywhere. And I think if I come to realize that for the good of the person, for the for the honor of the person who has died, I need to make baby steps. And to isolate is not healthy. Mm-hmm. I always say to people, you know, that the greatest memorial we can build for our loved ones who have died is in our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm, like not that. in the cemetery. You know, we have to let them go as they were in order to take them back as they are. Oh, I like that. And so I have to take those baby steps and say, okay, I need to connect. And I know that the Compassionate Friend says that if, if you're going to a group, 
it's best to go at least three times before you decide whether or not you are going to continue. Yeah. I've heard people say that after the first time, they usually want to leave. Is that? Do you find that true? Well, I mean, nobody in their right mind wants to be in a grief group. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, because right. it's about sharing pain. <laughs> Yeah. And anybody, they say to me, I love being here, and I'm saying, yeah, but isn't it so painful? You know, because mm-hmm. you can be in the program rather than at, you can be at the program rather than in the program. It's tough mm-hmm. when we spend a night leaning into our pain, expressing mm-hmm. our feelings. But it's freeing. It's so life-giving. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it, it, regarding your, your, your point there about isolation, I know in our community here, we have people whose only role is to call up the families two weeks after the death, a month after the death, then at holiday time. And they may not be ready for the group model yet, but at least they're beginning to talk to somebody on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then we tell them this is on next and this is on next and come to this one. And then we have kind of once-off uh, experiences like an evening of remembrance or coping with the holidays or something like that. And it's not as threatening as eight weeks or ten weeks you know, program. And then they come and they look us over and say, well, they're normal. They're not going to indoctrinate me in any way. They're not going to fix me in any way. But they're going to treat me with respect. Ah, Lovely. Now, we've got Easter uh, coming up, and let's talk about the, the challenges of dealing with this holiday thing. You know, I say to everybody, Gary, I say, you will survive the holidays if you manage your pain, if you manage your grief if you plan ahead. And I know from my experience, too, that um, the anticipation of the holidays is worse than the actual holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, now Easter is not as emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. There, well, the expectation at Christmas is so huge. Yeah. It's also the time of year. It's winter. You know, we're in spring. The evenings are longer. Um, even the whole focus of church is new life. You know, um, but I, I do think that I would recommend to all grieving people to have their plan, to plan well ahead. Mm-hmm. And it also, we always say, please tell people if you're not going to go to Easter dinner with them or whatever, they'll be mad, but they, they'll get over it. But they don't like it. If you tell them at the last minute, they'll be mad anyway. So Yeah, they have to accept their limitations. And I have a phrase that I hope is helpful on the air as well as it's helpful here in the group. But it, those who matter don't mind, and those who mind don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot give your that's called, you cannot just let people organize you or, or control you when you're hurting. You have to accept that I'm in the slow lane. I've moved out of the fast lane <laughs> of life and I'm in the slow lane and I want to be here and I need to be here. So I need to trim down to essentials. Mm-hmm. I need to give myself permission to be in this wonderful season of Easter, which is so full of wonderful memories. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I still would say don't right. isolate. Do you have any rituals that you that people have told you about that you especially like? Yeah. yeah. I love, first of all, the place being set at the Easter table for the person who has died. I like mm-hmm. a picture to be there and his favorite glass or her favorite glass, whether it's the champagne or the glass of wine. And then to you know, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. You know? Because sometimes they tell me that they go through a dinner and the person is never mentioned, but everybody is thinking about the person mm-hmm. and feeling the loss, but they never name it. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's wonderful beginning a wonderful family dinner to acknowledge the spirit, the heart of the person who has died, and to toast 
Mm-hmm. And then every person to tell a story. And at Easter then, to share a story of life. Where did John or Mary, where, where did she share her life mm-hmm. with you? And with the child, I love, I was just thinking the story of life, how they were born. And how you were so excited when they Absolutely. came into the world and how it changed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And it's also about the pictures, you know, the, and telling the stories and uh, all the events. And then if you look around the room, usually in the dining room, there's lots of memorabilia that remind us of, of, of the child's life. Or right? our spouse's life. Wonderful. Or our and spouse's uh, life. Yeah. yeah. And now with Facebook, you can ask people for stories, happy stories and, you know, things that went on. And that's the ongoing, I always say at every funeral I do, we're all great at funerals. I just said it on Saturday. But how many of us call the grieving family in a week, in a month, in a year? That's when they need us most, not at the funeral time. Mm-hmm. Because it does get worse before it gets better. That's true. That's the whole death and resurrection uh, model, you know. Yes, I have to go mm-hmm. to a good Friday to get to Easter. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I hurt because I loved somebody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And somebody who loved me. Well, Padraig, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was great. And I know that it'll be such an inspiring, uh, inspiring message to so many out there. Thank you. And thank you for all you do for hurting families. And Heidi, this was a great thank resort. Thank you, Padraig. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, we wish you uh, a happy Easter. And uh, thanks for listening to our show today. And Heidi... Padraig's great, isn't he? Oh, my gosh, he is. He really is. And these, these groups just sound so healing and so supportive. And I know that Beverly has talked often about how much it helped her after the death of her husband. Yeah. Well, I want to just uh, say one of the things that he said, which I, I just jotted down here, is that we need to accept them for the way they were so that we can accept them for who they are now. I think I said that right. I love that idea. We have to accept what happened so we can accept what who they are now. Like you always say, Heidi, it's not the way they died, it's the way they lived, right? And I like the idea, too, of leaning into the pain. It's not always easy, and we know you may be leaning into yours right now. And Heidi and I always like to say to you, if you've lost hope, lean on our hope until you find your own. And thanks for listening to the Open to Hope show today. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.